Welcome back, fam. Today's podcast is all about how to do self-care like a boss. So I have to admit, I am slightly obsessed with self-care. I have certain self-care routines that I've built up over the years that give me peace. They renew my energy just to continue to do great work. However, this has not always been the case for me. I've learned the hard way the value of self-care. For as long as I can remember, I've always been a multitasker. Even when I was in college, I was a student. I had leadership positions on campus. I had two to three jobs at any point. And this spirit of multitasking has carried over into my professional life after college through serving on boards, launching a consulting business, going to graduate school. I have always had multiple things on my plate. And there have been times in my life pre my value of self-care where I just completely broke my body would hit a wall and just would completely say no more. Or I would feel so overwhelmed by everything that I would just find myself bursting into tears and just didn't know why. So I like to think of my energy like a bank account. When I'm giving energy to manage all the things on my plate, I'm making withdrawals for my energy account. And when I'm intentionally engaging in something that gives me peace or renews my spirit, I'm making deposits into my energy account. I emotionally, physically, or mentally just break when my energy account goes into the negative. And my energy account goes into the negative when I'm giving more energy to task on my plate than I am to myself. In the beginning, self-care was really hard for me for two reasons. First, my definition of success was very superficial. Early on in my career, I viewed success as how long you worked. I saw success as being the first one in the office and the last one to leave. I defined success by the time spent working. So I saw taking time for myself as time I could be spending getting further in my work. So it kind of reminded me of that making the band Diddy show from back in the day. You know, the top three rappers of all time are Dylan, Dylan, and Dylan. That infamous quote that goes down in history. Well, if you ever watch that show, you remember that they would actually prank contestants on the show who fell asleep. There was this, I can sleep when I die type of culture, and I totally bought into it. And don't get me wrong, I believe in a strong hustle, but I have redefined the grind. One of my favorite quotes is by Audre Lorde. She says, caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. Taking care of myself is a part of the hustle. And I cannot be my best when I'm running at 50 or 60%. The second reason why self-care was really hard for me in the beginning was because I believe self-care meant spending money on lavish activities. So I had a very one-dimensional view of self-care. 
I equated self-care to balling out. I thought self-care meant lavish trips, spa days, shopping sprees. And yeah, these things are dope. And if this is your thing, it can totally give you peace. But if you're balling on a budget, you cannot always afford these experiences. Self-care doesn't have to require spending money. We have the opportunity every day to make choices that are in the best interest of our self-care. So over the years, I have picked up a couple of self-care strategies that are free 99, and I'm going to share them with you. So the first one is saying no. There are times we say yes, and we know that by saying yes, it's actually going to stress us out. And this was actually really true for me when I was a principal, because I would say yes to doing so many things because I wanted them done a certain way. I learned very quickly that there was too much to be done for me to do it all by myself. And I had to say no. Like I literally, for the sake of my sanity, had to say no. And I had to delegate to other people. And in my mind, I reframed saying no as really providing someone else with a leadership opportunity. So saying no really made me a better manager. I learned how important it was to communicate clearly my expectations of a task, to create check-in points, to review progress. And this helped me avoid my fear of something being done the wrong way and time being wasted. There's also power in saying no in your personal life. I had this fear that if I said no in my personal life, that I would be rejected. So if I said no to going out to dinner with friends, I had this fear that they wouldn't invite me anymore. If I said no to doing something for someone, I had this fear that they would feel some kind of way. So I'd find myself saying yes and overextending myself. I had to learn to say no And it helps me realize that saying no isn't always an N-O followed by a period. No can sound like, I wish I could. I just don't have the capacity right now. However, I can recommend some resources that may be helpful. Or saying no could sound like, I can't go out to dinner tonight, but what about next week? I'm free Thursday night. The next strategy that was super helpful for me in caring for myself was having an email cutoff time. I remember an elder telling me, home is the only place you can guarantee your peace of mind. Checking email would not give me peace of mind in my home. Sometimes emails would be super technical and I could give a simple one-word response like, okay, great or thanks. But then there were those times that I'm sitting on my couch at eight o'clock and I'd see an email that literally makes me anxious. As a grad student, this would be an email about assignment feedback or a reminder about a due date. As a principal, this was that parent email about an issue that you can't do anything about because it's eight o'clock at night. These emails would disrupt my peace. So I had to create a really hard cutoff time from email. 
I had to change the settings on my phone to silence that pesky ding that meant I had a new email. I actually just turned the notifications off so that way it wouldn't pop up on my phone. And I consistently tell myself, whatever I can do at eight o'clock at home can be done in the morning. So the next strategy is checking the stories we tell ourselves. So I have a confession to make. I am slightly dramatic. I admit it. If you say you are going to call me at six o'clock and I haven't heard from you by 6.05, that means you are in a ditch being eaten by an alligator somewhere. I know it's a bit much, but these are things I know about myself, okay? And I felt slightly comforted in my dramatic ways when I read Jim Collins' Great by Choice. In his book, he describes this concept of productive paranoia. He defines productive paranoia as maintaining hypervigilance, staying highly attuned to threats and changes in your environment, even when and especially when all is going well. You assume conditions will turn against you at perhaps the worst possible moment. You channel your fear and worry into action, preparing, developing contingency plans, building buffers, and maintaining large margins of safety. This is me 100%, okay? And there are times when... The productiveness of this paranoia is at a high, and it actually plays in my favor. Like that time in North Carolina when I was a principal, and the state decided to roll out online testing for the end-of-year state tests. I was absolutely paranoid about how this would impact our scholars' testing experience, so I created a plan. We had enough technology in our building for every scholar to have their own personal computer. So we began administering all of our assessments online, all of our weekly quizzes, all of our benchmark testing. It was all online. And by the time state testing came, our scholars weren't phased a bit because they had practiced and they had done this before. But then there were times when my paranoia was not so productive as this example. And it was usually the times that I was paranoid about something so small that I couldn't create a plan around it. So no joke, telephone messages with no content, just a name and a phone number, give me the most paranoia. I kid you not. Like, why would somebody call and not leave an actual message? Like, what do you want? Are you pissed? Did I do something wrong? And before I know it, I have brainstormed all these negative possibilities as to why this person is calling. And I haven't even talked to them yet. So when I got into this unproductive line of thinking, I would literally have to tell myself to stop. And then I would ask myself, what if all the negative things I'm thinking about aren't true? Like they're just simply not true. And as soon as I considered an alternative, I began to relax and I'd realized that I just need to call them back. And when I did, the reason for the call 95% of the time was usually something so basic. And five minutes later, I even forgot that I had the message in the first place. 
So my negative thoughts just did nothing but create stress. So I just had to learn how to block them and stop them in their tracks. And I also made sure that my secretaries moving forward asked the nature of a call when taking messages. So our next strategy is me time. Me as an M-E. And I like to think of this as time to literally just be, be. And a synonym for be is to exist. So finding time to simply exist during the day. I had a hard realization one day that I had little to no be time during my day. When someone saw me eating my lunch while scrolling on my phone checking email, they asked me, do you ever just eat your lunch and do nothing but enjoy each bite? And it kind of threw me back because it was so basic, but I thought about it and my answer was no. I was always doing some type of work during lunch. Sometimes I would be eating during a meeting, I'm checking email, I'm on a spreadsheet, or I would literally be eating my lunch while walking down the hallway to my next destination, which is just crazy when I think about it, right? So to be, to exist, it sounds so simple, which means that it's likely the first thing that we stop doing when we get busy. When we aren't taking time to just be, we actually miss the really small gifts in our daily lives. Be time is intentional time to focus on your own thoughts and notice the small things around you. So for me, my be time looks like a couple different things. I read a devotional in the morning before I get out of bed, listening to inspirational music on my way to work, creating flex time in my calendar so I can breathe between meetings. So I'm not going back to back to back to back. I would at least have at least a 15 minute window between meetings to just sit. Taking a 15 to 20 minute lunch at least twice a week in my office, door locked, no email, no work, just to simply be. A minute of slow inhaling and exhaling when I feel overwhelmed. And it sounds a little weird, but you should definitely try it. I promise you will feel so relaxed. And then lastly, I sometimes would literally just get up out of my chair, walk out of my office, walk outside and just do a lap around the school building in the middle of the day just to help me center my thoughts. And the last strategy to self-care like a boss is create a list, a list of what gives you joy. And these are the things you need to do more of. So self-care is all about manifesting your joy. When determining actual self-care activities, I would think about what gives me joy and I made a list. So talking to my best friend, catching up with my sister, massages, facials, exploring new places, or even just finding a new show on Netflix to binge watch. These were things that would give me so much joy. And having this list was helpful because in the moments when I began to feel overwhelmed, I had this list of activities that I could choose from ASAP. All right, so here's a few ways that you can self-care like a boss. 
Hit me up on social media. Let me know what you do for self-care, if any of these things resonate. I just am interested to hear. Maybe, you know, you could share with me some new things that I haven't considered and thought of. So you can follow me on Twitter and IG at E underscore Jordan Thomas, my last name, or on Facebook at Erica Jordan Thomas. Let me know what you do for self-care. Until next time, family.